0: 939 The Eagle, broadcasting live from the Zimmer Radio Group World Headquarters. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry. Get ready for interviews with movers and shakers from our community as we dive in for a deeper look inside Columbia. Now, here's your host, Fred Perry. And welcome to the CEO Roundtable Show. So glad that you have joined us this weekend. Uh, Glad to have you along uh... very pleased to welcome to the eagle studios uh... a ceo of a very large entity here in our community dr brian yearwood who is the superintendent of columbia public schools dr yearwood thank you for joining us great to have you here yes thank you very much mr Perry. let's talk a little bit about your background uh... you have been on the job less than a year how many years how many how many months have you been on the job seven months seven months is it fair to say the honeymoon is over or did you ever even get a honeymoon um... i don't think there was a honeymoon (laughs) let's jump right in i remember uh... uh, one of your first weeks on the job, the, one of our state representatives was already calling for your resignation before you really could even get your boxes unpacked. And so uh, I would say you definitely did not get the honeymoon that uh, you at least deserved. And mm-hmm. so, uh, but uh, glad you're taking time out to join us and, and talk about our schools. Uh, uh, tell us where you came from.
1: Sure. I'm originally from the Caribbean islands of Trinidad and Tobago. I was came to the United States on a tennis scholarship, and graduated. Uh, I, I ended was at New Mexico Military Institute. Graduated from there. Okay. And then also went on to Texas Tech on scholarship. Yeah. And graduated from there and uh, matriculated with my bachelor's, my master's, and my doctorate mm-hmm. um, in educational leadership. Um, and of course, I started teaching and coaching in Lubbock, Texas. Uh, okay. science. So uh,
0: from Trinidad uh, to Lubbock, Texas, that's quite a cultural shift. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it, it, it was,
1: but you know, I I had spent time in in this region in the uh-huh. Illinois, um, Michigan, Ohio region. Uh-huh. Actually, at age twelve, I traveled to Indianapolis, Indiana, by myself. Uh, wow! To play in some tournaments there with a a, a tennis club. We yeah, there so. Was very fortunate, but I was very familiar, you know, of course, with the culture yeah. and so on. Yes.
0: Do you still have time hmm? for tennis? Not, no, not anymore. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, tell us about Trinidad. What, what uh, would, what would most people not know about the uh, that country? Um, Some of the most beautiful beaches
1: um, that you can find, you can go there and you'll see, you can be on the beach for miles and miles and not see anyone around. Wow. Um, And then, of course, there's the tropical climate. It's one that, um, you know, individuals will go to just relax and, you know, people go there to write books and just Mm -hmm. have an environment where it's just at peace. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Is it it touristy? I mean, is is it a major tourist destination or is it uh, still... Uh, somewhat remote for that.
1: It it is somewhat touristy, but um, a lot of tourists tend to go to the Bahamas and Mm -hmm. to Jamaica. Um, Trinidad is right next to South America. Mm -hmm. Um, So not a lot of there are some tourists that go there, but um, what we see happening is there's rich culture because there's a, a mix of Spanish, Dutch, French, mm. um, English culture that's yeah. there and and also East Indian culture that's yeah. there and uh, and, of course, the African-American culture. And it's just a great blend where mm-hmm. everyone just um you know a great area of love yeah. uh, a great area where everyone just celebrates together and
0: just has a a great time in fellowship with yeah. one another very yes. cool what's the one food item you miss the most from Trinidad um there's a, something called a roti which is made with a
1: a sort of flour tortilla and uh-huh. then you put in different things you can have your chicken with mm-hmm. a little curry or things like that or beef mm. and so on so um, very delicious and I, I, I do miss that tremendously <laughs> Do you still have family there? Yes I do Okay yes, so do. you get yeah.
0: back very often or?
1: Um, I, I try to go at least once a year mm-hmm. as well of, of my family to stay yeah. connected and of course you know my wife every time I, w- I would go there she would always ask why, why are we coming back? She's from Lubbock, Texas oh, by okay. the way She would always say why, why are we coming back? But um, yes brother, brothers are there Yes sir. Yeah,
0: good, mm-hmm. good, Good for you Tell us about your, your your immediate family. Your own do you have children here? Yes, I have a twenty year old and a twenty four year old, a young man. Um,
1: he's finding his way in Texas. Um, he was um, uh, doing substitute work and then he's now in charge I believe of the ISS area oh. um, so he's uh, thinking very strongly about going into education which I'm very happy about yeah, yeah. Um, and then I have a daughter she's 24 years old and she's into internet sales you know, oh, okay, that's, very she's good. an entrepreneur as yeah. well
0: would, uh, would you say that ISS and uh, substitute teaching is a good way to learn about education uh, absolutely <laughs> I mean you, you're, you're
1: into the fire right there you, know, you get to see yeah. you know, what a classroom is like, and you get to deal with a a bit of challenges. There's nowhere but up. That's right. That's That's great. Mm
0: -hmm. So when you look at... uh, the job opportunity to come to Columbia, Missouri, uh, and this is, I think, admittedly, uh, I think if you talk to past superintendents, this is a little bit of a tough market uh, when it when it comes to this particular job. Um, what was appealing about Columbia, Missouri, and this this particular job for you? Sure, sure. And before I get into
1: that, um, a little bit of um, myself with that. I've been in education for thirty three years, and my Plan was to become a superintendent at the end of my career, mm-hmm. um, because I wanted to make sure that I acquired the skill sets and knowledge need, needed to be a superintendent mm-hmm. and be a successful superintendent. So uh, when Columbia came open, um, I looked at the. The city. I looked at you know similarities, things that I really like, and one that was very appealing. It's a, Columbia is a college town. Yep, it's very much like Lubbock, Texas. Mm-hmm. They're a college town as well. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, the population now in in Columbia at a hundred and twenty odd thousand. Yeah, that was uh, Lubbock, Texas, about uh, ten years ago. Wow. So again, I spent uh, close to twenty something years in Lubbock and did you know well and was happy there, mm-hmm. and I saw a great parallel here in Colombia so it was not um, you know it didn't take much for me Mm -hmm. to know um, this is an environment that I could come and be successful in and so on and then I have to say my my wife when she came she says Brian we we are at home now and she says this feels
0: like home I said Okay, all right. Um, right. <laughs> Nobody's calling for her resignation, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, Tell us a little bit about uh, the, the what is the population of Lubbock right now? Um, two hundred uh, or oh. over two hundred thousand. Wow, plus. it grew that fast and growing. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yes. Sakes. Yes. What What do you think were some mm-hmm. of the things that sort of uh, uh, jump started that that population growth? What What? Why is Lubbock growing? I, well, strong schools. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever the education is strong, you you tend to be
1: very attractive. In addition to that, um, we see a lot of graduates from the university coming back into Lubbock, Texas because the, 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 the crime rates at the time were low and the environment was very conducive to job growth and job opportunities. Mm-hmm. So, again, it was uh, a sort of a no-brainer. In addition to that, there was attractiveness for a lot of industry to come in because of its location to Dallas and, you know, that's the rest of uh, Texas. So, yeah. it was very helpful. Yeah, I
0: bet. <laughs> uh, tell us Compare Colombia to places that, where you have been before. I mean, what sure. what has uh, what is different about CPS? What's unique? Um, what's unique about CPS is the place-based learning,
1: the the environment to. Have scholars actually experience the educational sector instead of it being sit and get, where we sit in the classroom and they're being taught. There's a lot of activity where our mm-hmm. uh, scholars are actually doing more. Um, their their gardens are two mile prairie. Very glad to see they have a, a, a gardening there, and mm-hmm. they're about to put animals there. And at various schools throughout our city, they're you know some are raising chickens and getting eggs yeah. and beehives. So again. And then, we, you know, we, we can also look at the field trip opportunities. You know, just this past week, I joined several of our scholars as they went through the African-American Her- Heritage Trail where they were actually learning and seeing you know uh, about history, and then there are also opportunities for fifth graders that go to the Tetons and they spend time there mm-hmm. and then the the biggest one that i 'm i 'm very, very proud to be a part of is of course our nature school that 's soon coming where yeah. our scholars can go and camp and spend time in that environment and one thing i I'm, I have to um, sort of brag about mm-hmm. um, when I visited there about a month ago, there were some high school scholars that were there. And they had a big net up, and as I got closer, I said, what's this for? And they do a catch and release where they actually study the migratory patterns of birds, Hmm. and they were able to... Talk to me about you know different species and what was happening, and then they tag them and make sure they they are um, able to track them. Yeah. And these were high school scholars. Yeah. You know that were immersed in this yeah. training. So, Pretty cool. Very that, exciting.
0: That yeah. nature school for our mm-hmm. listeners that may not know that is the the former home of Hank Waters, the owner and publisher of the Tribune, who has passed away before you came, uh, not not too long before you came, but mm-hmm. but uh, that is his farm out on Highway sixty three, sort of a. Uh, um, it's on Turkey Creek, I guess. Is that right? Is that the name of the creek that uh, runs through his uh I believe, I believe so. I yeah, believe. so it's really a beautiful, beautiful piece of property. Yes, and, so. yes. and if, if I may add, I'd like
1: to say kudos to Dr. Peter Stiepelman, my predecessor, mm-hmm. for getting that started, yeah. as well as um, there's a gentleman by the name of Mike Sidlowski that works with our science group. Sure. And uh, they've um, t- you know taken that on and I'll be taking up that mantle to make sure that again we continue on that pathway but Dr. Siebelman had a great yeah. insight with that.
0: So our listeners may be distracted by the the fact that you are referring to our students as scholars and that is something that you very consciously decided to do and you made it known that you were going to be doing that when you referred to our students. Tell us sort of the philosophy behind that. Why Why do you call students scholars? Because I believe that everyone has genius within and I believe that
1: our jobs as educators in education is to pull that genius out. Mm-hmm. Some may have a genius to be um, an engineer or a doctor lawyer. Some may have a genius to fix cars. Some may have a genius to build houses. But I believe that every scholar, regardless of their um, disability, regardless of their socioeconomic situation, regardless of their racial, it doesn't matter, every individual that comes into a school or 18,000 students uh, have genius within and they are scholars. We have to just pull that out. And, you know, I always talk about opportunities or experiences. I've dealt with um, one particular young man who uh, was somewhat... um, created problems. He was in my office quite often, especially as a principal, and come to find out that he had a very traumatic experience in his past life that created this level of anger and working through that. And once we were able to work through that, then he saw it academically. Mm -hmm. Most uh, individuals may have written such an individual off and say, you know, this is not a person we want in our school but that's not my belief my belief is that regardless we must seek to always pull that genius. Yeah. Uh,
0: that's something that I think has kind of evolved in in somewhat recent years is uh is sort of this undiscovered trauma mm-hmm. that uh kids have uh, experienced as kids and that that end up resulting in in behavioral issues and, and other things. Um I, I want to talk about uh you know a, a very uncomfortable topic that was in the news once again this week and and of course we um a, another student from from Battle High School uh, died as a result of gun violence it's really the second Battle High School student in one month to to uh to die of a of a gunshot wound or die from violence um what is happening? I mean, it, and it's not happening on school grounds. It's not happening during school hours. Uh, but it does have a huge impact on what you're trying to do at Battle High School. Uh, it is such a huge distraction and an emotionally charged, uh, series of events. But, um, what, what is your read on that? When you come to Columbia, Missouri, it seems like a peaceful, quiet college town and you, within one month, you have two students from one high school murdered. It's devastating.
1: Uh-huh. Um, the loss of any life due to any form of violence—it's—it's um, it's devastating. And I—I um, I spent this weekend in particular thinking about okay, what, what, where are we? What are we doing? And I was very fortunate to be a part of um, the source summit that's actually happening right now, where around the table there were individuals leaders see, uh, from different organizations, United Way, Pastor Lester Woods from Urban Ministries leading it. Um, they're sitting with everyone, that Boys and Girls Club, um, the city, Chief Jones, Mr. Um, Seawood. We, we we have to do more. Mm-hmm. We, we have to really take a look at, okay, what's going on with our scholars, especially after school? How are they actually engaging? What opportunities are there? Do we have community centers um what are we building on in addition to that um we are also embarking upon training for our teachers on you know mental health issues and dealing with that and ensuring that they have the tools necessary to identify you know um times where um there may be uh, violence or possibilities of violence and things like that and like you say although it happened away from school. Our schools are reflective of our community mm-hmm. and whenever it happens in the communities, to, to me, it's just like happening within our schools. Mm. And so we ha- we are undergoing training. We expect to roll that out this summer. And then as I sat around the table, there was great conversation about how can we engage our scholars more, especially after schools. One of uh, my my wishes, my plans is that Every scholar in the 12th grade, when they leave 12th grade, they have a plan. They have a plan to either enroll in college or they have a plan to enroll in a career pathway. Mm-hmm. And developing these career centers at our schools so that every scholar has that already done for them, their application, whether they're doing Pell Grants, FASAs, whatever it is those already in place so mm-hmm. again that's a again a plan that we are looking at rolling out for next school year yeah
0: mm-hmm. it, so we're going to get to critical race theory we're going to get to the achievement gap uh, later in the program but you know i think that as we uh, has there been anything that's just really surprised you about uh, we have about 45 seconds here what what's the one thing that surprised you good or bad about columbia public schools um it's a, what has surprised me is the continued
1: commitment of our staff and our teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some people may sometimes give up, especially when, you know, their back's against the wall. Yeah. But we have a very resilient staff, very resilient. We have some of the best teachers that I've ever seen anywhere um, that i've been and again you typically don't see that you see a uh, sort of a a, a big mixture yeah. but i would say Columbia's teachers are second to none
0: that's the voice of dr brian yearwood who is the superintendent of columbia public schools we'll be back after this break you're listening to the ceo roundtable on hot talk 93.9 the eagle This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable show. Fred Perry, your host this weekend. Uh, We are visiting with Dr. Brian Yearwood, who is the superintendent. Of uh, Columbia Public Schools, been on the job now seven months and uh, uh, starting to get a uh, a good feel for the way that things uh, work here in Columbia. Uh, we were talking about uh, the gun violence in our community, and uh, even and even though some of these things are not happening on school grounds, they do have a major impact. Uh, one of the things that you said that really sort of caught my attention is that we really we need to do more, and I think that. Do you feel like? That sentiment is being embraced throughout the community. Do you, do you, there's a tendency at, at times like these to point fingers and say, oh, that's, you know, the, that's a, a drug problem. That's the police's fault. That's, you know, there's no such thing as a random crime. Um, do you really feel like there is a, an understanding within our community that we need to up our game a bit?
1: Yes, I, I definitely see that. And again, um, I, I just left the source summit that's being, um, Uh, conducted and sitting around the table there are close to 24 CEOs from different organizations Mm -hmm. and the commitment to do more is definitely there the sentiment that look what else can we do and and it involves thinking outside the box mm-hmm. it involves oh actually um being at the i was at the boy scouts breakfast so speaker spoke about um destroying the box don't yeah. even talk about a box yeah. talk about what else and that's happening there there was a young man that talked about doing things like um some ballet boxing where they it was basically uh, um roller skating and you mm-hmm. know things like that doing being creative being making sure that again we, we uh Providing activities so that these young men and young women can engage, especially mm-hmm. in after-school hours. Yeah. I think that's very, very important. And again, for us, it's doing more within our schools as far as mental health is concerned. Yeah.
0: When you compare mm-hmm. Columbia to Lubbock, uh, mm-hmm. did, did Lubbock have the kind of crime problems that we seem to be experiencing here in Columbia? Um,
1: yes, as, as a matter of fact, um, it, it it did. Um, and of course, it escalated. Uh, Columbia is unique in that Columbia has suburban, urban, and rural. Mm-hmm. I mean that big and you know when you start getting into an urban environment you start seeing these crimes sort of escalating and i believe we are seeing some of that in colombia um but yes i i have to say so very very similar in in lubbock in lubbock there were gangs present there was a gang issues and again we we have to address that here Mm -hmm. in colombia as well
0: yeah um I want to kind of shift gears for a second here. Uh, On uh, the April ballot, uh, the the municipal election, you will be going to voters uh, on behalf of the Board of Education with a a no-tax-increase bond issue. Tell us about that issue. What are some of the projects that you have planned uh, with with those funds? Yes,
1: thank you for for asking about that. Yes, we will be asking the voters for permission or to approve an $80 million bond that will be used for uh, constructing two elementary schools, one at John Warner um, because of the expected growth, and then Mm -hmm. the second elementary school we haven't decided exactly where just yet we have to look at where the growth will occur in addition to that we're looking at upgrading our career center um, it has been upgraded in about a decade mm-hmm. um, or more and there are programs that we want to embrace as well as connect with the u- universities or colleges to be able to have more career offerings for scholars um, you're also looking at Improving our technology infrastructure. Hmm. That's very, very important. Hmm. Um, making sure that we have accessibility because we want to make sure that regardless of disability, that every... Adult, every scholar comes to a school is able to access our our environment. Mm -hmm. Um, That's very important. And then the third piece of it was security, ensuring that our schools are safe, making sure that we have secure entry points into our schools. So Mm -hmm. those are three of the the major areas in addition to the schools and the career centers and things like that. When you think Mm -hmm. about the
0: location for the additional elementary school, the district has been criticized in the past for maybe promoting uh what uh, some locals would call sprawl uh where you have uh uh you build a school out where battle battle high school battle elementary are mm-hmm. um and there should be more of an effort to, to perhaps build in more densely populated areas uh, that uh, maybe are underserved, but what kind of conversation is taking place around that, that issue? Yes,
1: so we, we um, work with our, our Demographers, which is an outside company, and they look at projections. They look at where, how like there's one area where they're putting down about 500 homes pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there's a formula they used to determine how many scholars would be coming from that environment. Mm-hmm. So we, we work very closely to to see where they'll be overcrowding because the last thing we want is to have a classroom with 25, 30, 30-something 30 scholars. We, we, that's not a, an environment, especially for the elementary and middle schools, that's conducive to learning. Now, you can get away with that at the high schools because you have the larger classroom sets and the focus is a little different. Mm-hmm. But when you start looking at elementary and middle schools, we have to ensure that we avoid overcrowding at all costs. Yeah. And so... We uh, always do what is called a 10-year projection. Mm -hmm. The buildings that we have now that we're adding on to the the Warners and, you know, even the buildings, the Battle Elementary School additions and so on, those were in a 10-year projection uh, study that was done. This bond is from also another 10-year projection study. So we're not just doing this just for today, Mm -hmm. but we're looking... Ten years
0: out of what that should yeah. look like. Probably mm-hmm. the planning uh, for this bond issue uh, was well underway by the time that you arrived. Yes. When when you got here, and you sort of now that you've had a sort of a time to sort of do a survey and and uh, look through your assets and, and liabilities and and uh, all the different uh, uh, you know buildings that you have in in your uh, system. Uh, when you look at uh, need in Columbia Public Schools, what would you say is the greatest need that maybe is not being completely addressed right now?
1: Yes, well, you, you alluded to that earlier, on. Our mental health needs are very mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. We, have to, we have about 16 buildings that are over 50 years old. We have about five or six that are over 100 years old. And these are buildings like Hickman High School and, mm-hmm. and Douglas and so on that have outstanding academic programs. We have a def- lots of deferred maintenance on those buildings because we want to make sure that those emb- buildings are conducive to learning, where scholars can come and be comfortable mm-hmm. and not worry about leaking roofs and things like that. So again, when we look at overall or uh, in our operations side, and by the way, Mr. Randy Guthrie leads that operations mm-hmm. division, He's done an excellent job of planning. We want to make sure that, number one, our buildings are taken care of and mm-hmm. that the, the maintenance is is at, is at zero. We also want to remove t- uh, trailers. Um, in Columbia, we've mm-hmm. gone from 170 trailers about seven or eight years ago. We're now down to under 20. We need to get rid of all trailers mm-hmm. because those environments, you know, they're not conducive to being a school- uh, proper classroom environment over time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that has to be taken care of. And then, of course, we have to consider growth. And our democ- demographers are looking at that as we speak and they'll be coming up with a game plan you know to be able to say okay this is where the second school we recommend it'll go in this area and of course you know we'll get um a public input and things like
0: that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. maybe it's because of the media attention that it Mm -hmm. receives but there seems to be um a heightened sense of dissatisfaction from parents and maybe it's just a very vocal minority um, which tends to happen in this community um, that um, there seems to be a a strong level of dissatisfaction with the Board of Education, with our schools. A lot of it is tied directly to decisions that were made before you joined the district uh, regarding COVID and so forth. Uh, we missed an awful lot of school uh, here in Columbia compared to surrounding districts, even in this county. Um, what, what can be done to repair the, that damage or that lack of trust to rebuild that bridge? Communication.
1: Mm-hmm. I, um, we all want the same thing. We all want what's best for scholars. Mm-hmm. Um, we want what parents want as well. I think the unfortunate part is that uh education has now become more politicized mm-hmm. um it's being used as a platform to bring out certain agendas mm-hmm. and those politicized agendas are not necessarily aligned with what's best for our scholars. Mm-hmm. And for me, I, I have to bring that back into the discussion about what's best for scholars. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not hearing discussions about what's going on in literacy, in reading, in math, in science. We, we're not hearing that. Mm-hmm. We're hearing about everything else. Yep. You know, and, and I think that once we start bringing back the discussion to what education is for, which is what's going on in the classrooms, the teachings from day to day, then there'll be greater understanding. But, you know, COVID was an unprecedented time. No one knew what to plan for, what to expect. You know, everyone was making the best decision based upon current information. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it was right. Sometimes it was wrong. But it was made in the best interest of scholars. Mm -hmm. So I I think that, you know, it, it was unfortunate that that led to certain levels of maybe mistrust or you know whatever we want to say mm-hmm. um and to me we will build that back as long as our parents understand we are about education mm-hmm. we are about making sure that the scholars that they sent us, their precious scholars, have what they need to be successful to take their place in our community, to lead, to become a part of our community, to contribute to our community because of our quality educational experience. That's what our focus is mm-hmm. going to... will will have to be even stronger. Our Board of Education, unfortunately, um, have taken a lot of hits, as one would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I believe that... Meeting them, working with them, they are, their hearts are in the right place. They mm-hmm. want what's really best for for scholars. Um, and and is it fair to say mm-hmm. they've
0: done a poor job of communicating?
1: Well, I would say that it's a poor job of communicating. I think they communicated, but sometimes people hear what they want to hear, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so when they you know put out certain things or said certain things. If it wasn't what I wanted to hear, then they con- they're, they're accused of not communicating. Yeah. So, But overall, I have to say that the Board of Education, being volunteers, um, not receiving a dime for any of their work, mm-hmm. have done an outstanding job of keeping us on track. Because look at where we are today. We are coming back, and we're coming back even bigger and stronger. It's because of the leadership that has been provided by the Board as well. Mm-hmm.
0: When you hear, and this this is an uncomfortable subject to bring up, but but when you hear a that a local state representative in in public testimony uh, in the Capitol uh, says Columbia Public School sucks, um, I'm paraphrasing, but the, at least one of those words is right. Um, how, what is that? What is does that? What what is the message that you get from that? Uh, is, has something happened? Is there uh, is that a sign of something that has that has eroded that needs to be repaired? What, what, what do you see there? Um,
1: I see a, a problem with them fully understanding who we are as a school district because mm-hmm. you know when you say Columbia sucks, you're saying every scholar in Columbia sucks, every teacher, every staff member, every principal. You're saying anyone and everyone who works in Columbia public schools sucks. And to me, that's a very unfortunate thought process. When we look at Columbia Public Schools, we have every almost every year we have what is called a Presidential Scholar, the highest academic mm-hmm. award that can be given to scholars in uh, in any school district. I know school districts that have never had one academic scholar, mm-hmm. yet we have multiple uh, Presidential Scholars. Um, we have many of our scholars that max out under ACT exams, 90% of our scholars enroll in post-high school, either college or career centers, or the military. Mm -hmm. Um, Graduation rate well above 90%. So, again, to be able to achieve that means that Columbia Public Schools is doing a good job. Now, can we get better? Absolutely. We can always grow and get better. Mm -hmm. But to say that we're no, I I think that's um that individual is just misinformed, and I plan to meet with them soon and to make sure that they understand, you know, where we are mm-hmm. and the strength-wise. And and as a matter of fact, I did have a telephone call, and I asked um about that, and it was not emanating from our academic performance. It was because of maybe some um individuals sharing some stories about some experiences they may have. So
0: it may have been context. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. Out of context.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Good. We are visiting yeah. with uh, Dr. Brian Yearwood, who is the superintendent of Columbia Public Schools. When we come back, we're going to get to that touchy-touchy issue of critical race theory that uh, we keep hearing about, and we'll talk about the achievement gap, a problem that has plagued Columbia Public Schools for almost 50 years, and we're going to uh, see what the solution might be, if there is one. All of that and more coming up next uh, after this break on the CEO roundtable show i'm fred perry you're listening to hot talk 93.9 the evil This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. And welcome back to the final segment of this weekend's CEO roundtable show we have been visiting with dr. Brian yearwood uh, dr. Yearwood I appreciate you taking time to come in and and uh, chat it's good to get to know you better and and find out a little bit more about where church, where you're coming from um, there has been this contentious debate in our community uh, about critical race theory and um, and I think that there is a strong belief in the community and and I, I and and I don't know uh, where you draw the line on some of this stuff, but I'd like to just sort of hear from you. And and you have commented on this uh, uh, for this radio station before, uh, definitively. But but you know there are instances where we see teachers in the Columbia Public School District have signed pledges to teach critical race theory and so forth. What would you say? I mean, it, do you believe that under any circumstances that critical race theory might be uh, somehow trickling into our local curriculum. What, what is your read on that?
1: So as I look at critical race theory, um, again, it's a theory that it belongs at the college collegiate level, mm-hmm. not in you know, a public school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, it, it, it's ground for some strong debates, some strong opinions. But again, our schools are about reading, re- writing, math, you know, um, science, social studies. We 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 do not plan to teach critical race theory in our schools. Mm-hmm. Um, we we always go to our board and we talk about you know get their permission to get to trainings and so on. And um, several of our teachers did go to some training, I believe it was on the 1619 Project, Mm -hmm. um, and so on. And that was something that, not the school district paying for, but something that um, they did uh, on their own because they wanted to learn about it. Um, All schools must be a place that is welcoming to all. And unfortunately, um, what has happened is, um, our schools, like I said, are becoming more politicized. Mm So if I could... Throw some levels of controversy in there that says something like, "Well, Columbia Public Schools is teaching critical race theory." Then people become uneasy because then it says they'll, you know, the 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 rumor that's added to it to fan the flames are well, uh, certain groups of, of 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 our scholars will be made to feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Our schools are not designed for that. That's not education. That's mm-hmm. not what we are about. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to make sure that. All scholars, all eighteen thousand scholars, feel comfortable coming into schools and having rich debates and rich discussions without having to be made to feel any way shape or form um funny um you know bad about anything that mm-hmm. that's that's not school, mm-hmm. so I'm not sure where this where this is coming from, mm-hmm. but we do not plan to to have any. Uh, to, to have CRT taught in our schools now, what has been done or what's been said is someone may pick up a book and it may have the word discrimination mm-hmm. or may have a word race or something to that effect, and then they use that to, to start finding the flames again. Oh look, they're teaching critical race theory. Mm-hmm. We are not doing that. Yeah. you know, we are not doing that. We we are are uh, 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 concerned about the true education. Of our scholars. Mm-hmm. And like I said before, no one we are not gonna teach anything that would let our scholars feel uncomfortable about school. That's not that's not school. Mm-hmm.
0: So at the at the higher level uh it, it 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 may be appropriate and I think that one of the things that we we have talked about before is that uh, and it's happened a lot in education and unfortunately it's happening on college campuses where we provide safe spaces for students to to protect them from opposing ideas or opposing viewpoints and so uh critical race theory is one of those things that ought to be vigorously Debated and discussed, but maybe on a higher academic level. Sure.
1: Yeah. Academic right. level, yes. Yeah. Definitely. And so it's, but it's
0: just, so, but, but to the best of your knowledge as the superintendent of schools, and granted, you have uh, 18,000 students and, and, uh, several thousand employees. You, you, you can't know what every single is happening in every single building, but, uh, as there's, Nothing about critical race theory has been endorsed or embraced as part of Columbia Public Schools curriculum. That is very, very true. Okay. Yes, sir. Well, that's, well, I mean, that's, it's good to hear straight from straight yes. from the leaders. So, um, I want to talk about the achievement gap because, uh, you know, if you've been around Columbia very long, uh, you know that we started talking about the achievement gap in our local public schools back in the 1970s, and this problem has just sort of lingered for. 50 years and maybe we got serious about it in the early 2000s but uh, it seems like we're just not making progress and we're we're to the point where you know we are a very progressive community that likes to give lip service to good ideas but when when it comes time for the rubber to hit the the road um, we fail so again you're new First impressions. Uh, why? Are, why is Columbia not making better progress towards closing that achievement gap?
1: So, uh, the, the achievement gap, first, left, um, like you, you're saying, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's it's something that is happening. It's not unique to Columbia. No, no, it's 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 nationally. It, right. uh, the districts I've been in in, in uh, Texas, same problem, mm-hmm. achievement gap. Um, I think that uh, COVID, the pandemic, made uh, it worse. Made it worse. Yeah. Absolutely. I think there were some things in place. Prior to COVID, that would have started us on that pathway, but COVID has made it worse. So now, not only are we dealing with mental health issues, learning loss, we have the achievement gap, and we plan to start closing the achievement gap. There are certain um, things that we will put in place once we get past, you know, dealing with our mental health issues, because, you know, if our Teachers, if our scholars aren't mentally prepared for school, then it becomes much more difficult to teach, and to, the teaching and learning environment becomes more difficult to navigate. Mm-hmm. So, once we have that um, in in place, and there'll be some trainings and things there, then we we will see we'll put things in place to start looking at closing that achievement gap, because um, it's important, like I say, that all scholars are able to optimize their educational experience and grow. And be able to navigate their post-high school environment, whether it's college, career, military, whichever one they choose. And we have to be stronger in terms of contributing to that piece of it. And, yes, we know there is an achievement gap, and we will take steps to start closing that achievement gap Mm -hmm. once we get by this pandemic and these mental health issues will be even that will be even a greater focus for us Yeah,
0: when you look at the free and reduced percentage lunches is that something that was similar to what you encountered in lubbock it was um slightly higher mm-hmm. um the schools and districts that i've been in mm-hmm. um
1: here we are about 50 percent yeah um and so those present unique opportunities um again the philosophy that i come from is that regardless of your socioeconomic economic conditions you are capable of achieving and you will achieve that's the expectation Mm -hmm. Um, i've been a principal of a school that was uh close to ninety percent low socioeconomic but it was an a-plus school because the way our teachers or staff or administration approach it is regardless of your socioeconomic condition Mm -hmm. you can still think you can still reason you still have the the mental capacity To achieve, and we would accept nothing less than that. Mm -hmm. And that's a philosophy that does exist. We just need to now provide more tools so that our staff members can continue on that pathway of success. And again, once we get by these mental health issues that we're seeing.
0: Uh, speaking of mental health, let me uh, go to another touchy area. I want to talk about your mental health because it's uh, you stepped into uh, this new role with Columbia Public Schools at maybe the worst possible time for a new leader to come in. It was certainly baptism by fire. Uh, I would, I have lived here for 30 years. I consider Columbia to be my home, but I also have a very strong self-awareness about Columbia as a community. Uh, quite often we are not very welcoming of outsiders and, uh, especially in that school superintendent role and especially in our city manager position. And, uh, we make it very tough for new people to come to town and be successful. Um, how are you? I mean, you, you talked about becoming a superintendent as, as part of your retirement plan. Uh, you know, uh, it is a, uh, I think a lot of us were surprised to see how quickly Peter Stiepelman moved up his retirement plan. Uh, what, what, um, what are you thinking right now about this experience? Um, I'm enjoying it, actually. And the reason I'm enjoying it is because... You're a glutton for punishment. No, no, no.
1: (laughs) Scholars first. Okay, Um, all right. I I came to Columbia because of scholars, and Mm -hmm. I continue to put scholars first. The rest of it, you know, um, although important, that's not what drives me. What drives Mm -hmm. me is to see those young minds accomplishing and achieving in those classrooms on a day-to-day basis. And as I go to schools and I tour schools and I visit classrooms, I see a level of excitement that gets me excited. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, regardless of the political environment, regardless of who's asking for my resignation, Mm -hmm. etc., as long as I can see excitement in the eyes of those young scholars— I can walk into a classroom at middle school and high school and I could see a high level of engagement in the educational process. Mm-hmm. That is all I want. That's, all right. that's my
0: reward. Yeah. Yes, sir. Well, that's tough. I mm-hmm. mean, good for you, man. That's, uh, mm-hmm. that's, a uh, you have dealt with a lot in your first seven mm-hmm. months here. And so, uh, I can imagine where it might appear to be somewhat unappealing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, um, I want to ask a little mm-hmm. bit about the, the role of the, uh, of the National Education, uh, Association, the, the, what we, we, for lack of better words, we call the Teachers Union here, uh, CMNEA. Um, they seem to have a lot of influence about who gets elected to the school board. Uh, is, that, um, do you, do you, is that something different from what you've experienced in other markets? Do they seem to have more influence here than they would in other markets you've been in? Um, no,
1: no, the unions always have had influence because of teacher voice. Um, mm-hmm. I believe in teacher voice. My parents were educators, my mother, kindergarten teacher, my dad, secondary um, a math teacher, and so on. I see that it's critical that we have teacher voices in our educational system. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest, I've worked very well with unions in my entire career. The unions in Texas, um, the the state rep will always come to my school and always invited them in. Mm -hmm. And as I work with the unions here in Columbia, I I embrace them. I I think that, um, you know, Mrs. Noel Gilzo and Mrs. Stith, um, that run the CMSDA mm-hmm. and the CMNEA uh, unions, their hearts are in the right places. They want what's best for teachers, which then transfers to what's best for our scholars. And, you know, I, I enjoy working, collaborating with them. Um, and it doesn't mean that we agree on every single thing, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, um, they want what 's best for our schools and what's what's best for our staff or teachers what 's best for our scholars and we want the same thing so we we've had a really good working relationship in terms of being able to move that needle you know upwards for 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 scholars yeah um,
0: mm-hmm. few seconds remaining number one reason why people should vote yes on the school bond issue coming up in April. This is our only chance, our
1: only way to ensure that our schools um, are kept up with maintenance, to ensure that our schools aren't overcrowded, to ensure that we're prepared for the growth that is happening in Colombia. Mm-hmm. This is our chance. We have no other funds to pay for this except through bond. State funds do not allow us to pay for buildings uh, or infrastructure, um, brick-and-mortar things. We cannot pay for that yeah. with any other funds but bonds.
0: Okay. Dr. Brian Yearwood, thank you for taking time out of your uh, busy week to join us here on the CEO Roundtable. Great to have you here. Great to get to know you better. That is Dr. Brian Yearwood, uh, Superintendent of Schools. Uh, we'll be back next weekend uh, with another edition of the CEO Roundtable. You've been listening to Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. This city is my city And I love it Yeah, I love
1: it I was born and raised